the next episode of Nerd Clicks and Chill will start in three, two, one, zero. Hey everybody, this is Nick. And this is Carrie. And we are Nerd Flicks and Chill, and welcome to Game of Thrones First Take, exclusively on LRM. Season 7, Episode 7, The Dragon and the Wolf has just ended, and we're here to give you our first take on what went down in Westeros in the season finale. Uh, But before we get into it, we also want to let you know that we will be doing a full detailed breakdown of this episode on our regular podcast feed because there's no way 20 or 30 minutes is going to be enough to talk about this episode. You can find us at nerdflixandchill.com and also on iTunes and Stitcher. Woo! Yeah, so uh a whole lot of a whole lot of stuff went down this week here. Uh we had this Council of Elrond kind of moment. We had the the mountain and the hound confront each other. Uh, we had the the most romantic incest scene ever depicted on television. <laughs> we got Jon yeah. Snow's real name. Yeah, man. Uh, and of course, we have the wall comes tumbling down. <sighs> Where do we song. start? Let's. A... Well, I I don't know how we're gonna do this and and have it not be just us like screaming for 20 minutes because that's that's pretty much what the end of the episode was for me just involuntary gasping and screaming <laughs> right because we do have some some characters whose fates are left hanging yeah so let's talk about this big kind of uh conclave that they have at the beginning of the episode we got all the pieces from uh, the different power structures coming together to have this meeting in the Dragon Pit. I feel like the Dragon Pit was selected specifically because it's symbolized the downfall of the Targaryen dynasty. So I think it was like a, a Cersei mind game. Yeah, I did too. To choose that location. But what did you think of the meeting here? Um, I, I, I thought it was, it was thick. I thought it was really interesting at the beginning that the Lannister army, like they were prepared to have a full out war right then and there. And I think everybody was ready for something to go down. And I got to say, one of my favorite parts of this meeting was watching Drogon land and kind of like crawl down the side of the arena. Oh my gosh. That was so cool. That was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, I think the tension in that scene was was pretty great. Yeah. And, I mean, the Hound, you have the Hound confronting his brother, and, like, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to go. They're going to go. They're going to do this right here. (laughs) We're going to have Clegane Bowl in the Dragon Pit. I may or may not have yelled, get hype, at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I actually was curious as to what the Hound was talking about, where he's like, you know what's coming for you. No, you know who's coming for you. You've always known. What does that mean? What yeah, does that like, mean? I sure the fuck hope he's talking about himself. Yeah, th- but that would be weird. Right. To talk yeah. about yourself that way. Just so a what? very strange moment. Yeah. Yeah, that was it was odd. And how about the white just coming out of the box running right at Cersei? Well, okay, at first, and I'm sure this was how it was set up. You know, because we had the hounds kind of going down into the depths of whatever that arena was and, like, knocking on the, the box 
and the thing's going crazy, right? And so he's carrying this box up. He sets the box down, silence. He like opens the thing and it's not quiet, um, opening it, nothing. And I'm like, oh man, the thing's dead. Like what happened at the wall? But no. <laughs> and then it totally springs out. And um, yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, I, I really thought the tension in this whole scene was really, really good. Um, you know, I like the way uh, Euron Greyjoy has to be a dick and has to interrupt. And like, I feel like everybody had a decent little character moment in this scene. And the tension felt really, you know, uh, legitimate to me. It felt like these characters could betray each other at any second. It felt volatile. It did, but I, one of the other little bits that I really kind of enjoyed is, okay, so the white gets released, and it's at the end of this chain, and everybody's just kind of stunned, and they don't really know what to do. But what happens, the first, the only person that gets up to get in for a closer look is Kyburn. He's like, oh, what is this? <laughs> Yeah. Mr. I've resurrected the mountain is like, ooh, what kind of magic did this? Like, he's going in yeah. for a closer look. I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we also get Jamie's reactions. We it, they, they really did a great job. This was Jeremy Podespa who directed this episode. He directed episode one this season, too. And he really does a great job of getting the the character reactions to where you understand exactly what's going on in their heads. Yeah. You know, the stuff with Jamie, the stuff with Brienne when she sees the hound. Yes. Those looks like, Oh my gosh, if the looks could kill, that was great. Yeah. But then they seem to come to a really good place. Actually, they almost kind of share like a, like a, a moment between the two of them of like, you know, how, how um, independent the Stark girls are. Yeah, I love that Brienne says the only one that will need protecting is whoever gets in her way. Talking about Arya. Right. And I'm like, and you, did you see that the hound had a little bit of a smile on his face? Yeah. When yeah. she said that, and he's like, well, it won't be me. And so that was kind of like, okay, they had their little truce, I guess. Yeah. Uh, also, John kind of fucks up this whole meeting by suggesting that uh, he will not stay out of the politics of King's Landing. He will support Daenerys. Right. And uh, he said something in there like, I, I can't remember the exact quote. I'm going to have to have it for the uh, for the full breakdown that we do on Tuesday or Monday. Um, but he said in there something like, you know, if you keep lying, words don't matter. Right. And I was like, fuck, man, this this also feels like social commentary on our, our current yes. state of affairs here. Uh, it does. It, it's, it's so funny. and But I love John in this scene. I love it. I think he's great here. I did too. I, again, I've, I've loved, I've actually really enjoyed John this whole entire season. And I thought his whole speech that he gave at that moment was excellent. And yes, I will be transcribing it for our full episode. Right. Um, and of course, you know, Tyrion decides, cause the negotiations kind of fail, but Tyrion decides he has to go talk to Cersei. And that scene with Cersei, the scenes with Cersei and her brothers this week were so also really tense too. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and I want to know what the heck did Tyrion say? What the heck did he say to get her to turn? Well, no idea. apparently nothing because she doesn't turn. 
Well, well, that's true. She she ends up doing kind of what Tyrion said that Jon should have done. Just lie just to get it to happen. And so, right. yes, later on in the episode, we find out that that's what ends up happening. But I thought um, Peter Dinklage and, and Lena Headey did a great job in that scene with the two of them. I thought that was just excellent work. Yeah. It just, you know, again, so many, so many, you know, rich scenes this week. And then Cersei and Jamie later on. I mean, that felt dangerous for, for Jamie. I mean, the sense of danger was very real. Yes, it was. Ever since the scene in Winterfell, which I know we'll be getting to through the end of the episode, it was nothing but me just completely gasping. I was taking right. notes. I was taking notes throughout the episode. And then after that, the scene in Winterfell, in the Great Hall, I completely stopped taking notes because my jaw <laughs> was on the floor and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> so, yeah, I still feel like I'm trying to catch my breath. Yeah, I mean, that scene in Winterfell in the Great Hall, uh, as soon as I saw Bran sitting there, yep, I kind of knew the gig was up for Littlefinger. Yeah, because then all of a sudden it makes sense. I was like... That's why Arya handed over the dagger to Sansa, so that yeah. she could have Bran do his thing. Well, Jon Royce, and Jon Royce was not about to help Littlefinger out. No. Mm-mm. He was like, like, give me safe passage back to the village. Like, Fuck you, buddy. Yep. And you then just seeing that. him whimpering on his knees in front of Sansa. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was fantastic. I mean, that was a very satisfying end to that story, I think. It I, was. I, I've been saying it all season long, uh, back into the very first episode of Game of Thrones first take that we did, uh, that Littlefinger was in a dangerous situation. Well, yes, that has now come, uh, full to circle. Yep. Yeah. He is, yeah, he is dead as dirt. Oh, man. Yeah. I screamed. I screamed fully. <laughs> I was thinking before this episode, because I knew that, I mean, it's a season finale and we have a long time to wait. And there was all these, uh, all these different storylines that were kind of coming to a head. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know, what? I should probably put a note outside of my door. If you hear screaming, I just, I'm okay. I'm watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> so John and Daenerys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about that? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> they they finally closed the deal. Uh-huh. Kind of strange that it was cut in with John's oh, backstory. Uh, but we also got to see Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. We did! That was another part where I screamed. Pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, there was a point as as somebody who has loved this series where I thought, a few years back that if we would have actually seen Rhaegar and Lyanna, it would kind of minimize them a little bit. I always kind of like their ghosts kind of hanging over this show. Yeah. But actually seeing them was, was really uh, amazing. It was amazing. I loved seeing Lyanna Stark last season. Uh, the actress came back this season to, to do that scene with Rhaegar Targaryen. And, uh, you know, we get all kinds of stuff there. He's not Jon Snow. He's not Jon Sand. He's Aegon Targaryen. Yep. And, wow. you know, it's funny because I had a feeling that we might see 
Rhaegar and Lyanna in this episode. So I went back and I watched that whole Tower of Joy reveal last season. And uh, I, I kind of forgotten about how when she says his name is, it muffles it out. Oh, yeah. And uh, we came back to it. So, you know, when I was looking at it, I was like, hmm, I wonder if we'll find out what John's name is. And John's name is Aegon Targaryen. Yep. Um, which is interesting. And uh, I'm not sure what direction the show is going to go here because Rhaegar already had a son named Aegon Targaryen. Did he? He did. That was his only son. It was his second child was a kid named Aegon, who one of the ones the mountain killed. Uh, unless they're just kind of bypassing that kid altogether and john is is the Aegon. so a little bit a little bit confused as to to that but that's also book reader stuff that's not show stuff so uh Aegon is a legit name for him yeah hmm we'll talk more about that history and everything i'm sure yeah Uh, i thought the way it was revealed was really beautiful i like the fact that sam was there i loved sam seam with bran i did too it's like oh i'm sam do you remember me I remember everything. Right. He was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I love how, you know, he's like, John's on his way back from Winterfell. Sam's like, you can see it. Brand just holds up the raven. Yes! <laughs> the that was so good. Yeah, that was good. There's like finally it. a little bit of personality from Brandon Stark again. Yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was great. Another one of those things that it's the second time that Game of Thrones has done it this season where they have a character voiceover revealing the actions happening underneath. Because it happened earlier with uh, Tyrion and Casterly Rock. Yeah. But here it was again. And I thought the execution here was beautiful. I thought the music here was beautiful too. Um, That theme, that musical theme that Jon and Daenerys have had ever since the cave on Dragonstone has now carried through and now at the kind of culmination of their... uh, relationship there it is in its full glory now oh it was beautiful the the music you know it's beautiful (laughs) an interesting an interesting tie-in here too um i thought is the scene with john and theon yeah yeah which one um with them in the throne room right yeah 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 because theon is you know, trying to find all the ways he can to apologize or make amends. And I think he sees John for in that in that little conclave they had, he sees John for what John really is. And they actually have this really decent moment together. And John said something to him that I think is going to be important moving forward. He says, you are a Greyjoy and you are a Stark, which means that, you know, all this stuff about familial lines uh, it, it's not necessarily as important. And John is eventually going to have to reconcile his Stark heritage and his Targaryen heritage. Um, but, but he can be of both worlds. Yeah. And he's going to have to reconcile with the fact that he just boned his aunt. That is very true. <laughs> and then what about the fact that they're like introducing to the audience? And, and we have to remember sometimes that, that, that the audience is on a little bit of a different learning curve than like, like the show only audience as opposed to people that have been like the book readers who have theorized about a lot of this stuff. So when we see something come to fruition on screen, we make assumptions about it based off of all the other, you know, theory crafting and all that other stuff that's gone on around it, but it's never really been introduced officially. So this was the first time 
that we've ever known for sure that Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen were in love and they got married and all this stuff. And what about the importance now at this stage introducing Jon as the heir to the Iron Throne? Yeah, because that changes everything. That changes everything. That's Danny's whole point of, of doing all of this is so she can go back and claim the throne. But now with this knowledge and when they have this talk with John, it completely, you know, ruins her whole point. And so it, it's almost like, you know, uh, Cersei's calling Danny the usurper while John is the rightful heir. So now Cersei's the usurper. Right. And right. so it just, it completely levels both of them, or it should. And I, I honestly, I don't know what this, what this all means. You know, I think we still have some aftermath yet to see from some of these things that, that happened here in this finale, including the reaction of the other Northern Lords and all that stuff. Yeah. As well. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff yet to come, obviously. And then, um, even though we saw Littlefinger die this episode, I almost guarantee we will see him again. Uh, we will see Arya Stark wearing the Littlefinger face. I'm 100% certain of this. Yeah, there was the scene with Sansa and Littlefinger talking together. And we're, they're having that discussion of, you know, what's the worst thing you could think of? What's the worst thing Arya could be doing? And there was this side shot of Littlefinger and I swear to God I thought for certain you were all of a sudden going to see his hand come up to the side of his face and it was going to be pulled off and it was going to reveal that it was Arya like she was practicing her Littlefinger impersonation or something and like that that his death would have happened already off screen and that's how it was going to get shown that you know she had his face but I was totally wrong <laughs> Yeah, so but I have a I, feeling I think, you're right. We will see him again. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we finally got the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives line that we saw from the trailer yep. uh, way back when. But uh, I think it was a very satisfying way to finish up that that storyline at Winterfell, which I knew befuddled some people over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it was um, really interesting, although I think... I, I I think we were we we were siding with the Starks that they were going to stick together that they weren't being pitted against each other that we we trusted they were uh, that we they had little fingers goat basically yeah and they did yeah and they did I mean you can't fucking lie in front of Bran I mean it's just not going to work <laughs> no not at all <laughs> you know I think uh, I think that's that's a futile endeavor and I do like the fact that we finally got a little bit of justice for that throne room scene with Ned Stark when he held that dagger to his throat I mean it is kind of a satisfying comeuppance uh, that he received oh I love Sansa though just laying it all out for him just you did this do you deny it you know what do you have to say? oh it was just so good and she was just going down each one of the charges that she was laying against him it was so awesome to see and again just him on his knees groveling and whimpering that was satisfying to see too <laughs> yes um our our other favorite westerosi couple brianne and jamie they had a very brief exchange together but uh, i do like the fact that brianne kind of reminded jamie of his 
honor and his word, but then also kind of, you know, basically saying, fuck this shit, we gotta fight the dead. Yeah, and I have a feeling we're gonna be seeing the two of them again. Because Jamie is now, looks like he is on his way north, possibly. Yeah, interesting bit of symbolism when he puts that glove on over his golden hand. Yeah. It's almost kind of like a like a subtle um, rejection of his, you know, of Cersei to an extent. Right. Um, and maybe some of the Lannisteriness of himself. And of course, we got to see snow in King's Landing, which yes. uh, does not happen often. It does happen from time to time. Um, but yeah, snow falling in King's Landing again, just kind of indicative of that of that coming winter that that uh, keeps making its way further and further south. Yeah. Uh, then at the wall. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy so, crap. We know the answer as to whether or not an ice dragon or a white dragon breathes fire. It does not. It breathes something blue like Godzilla. Well, like it's like blue fire. Fire can be blue. Blue yeah. fire is really, really hot. That's the ice fire. fire I don't blue. know. Yeah. I don't know what the name of it's going to be, but it blew something that is apparently um, powerful enough to take down the fucking wall. And you totally called it on our last breakdown episode that you thought, you're like, maybe they were foreshadowing something with the reveal of the Game of Thrones premiere date. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. Yeah. They were, they were going to melt a wall of ice. And you totally called it. If you could call that melting. It. Yeah, you totally called it. Uh, we saw somebody else ride a dragon who was not Jon Snow. Yeah, <laughs> we saw the we saw the Night King riding a dragon. Uh, yeah, I mean this thing is on. I mean, as soon as we come back for season eight, which will be seemingly in about potentially eighteen Two months years. out. Yeah. Um, this thing is going to be on those those houses that are closest to, um, to uh to the wall are going to be screwed. I know Not to mention all it. the wildlings that were living in the the land, uh, the the old gift land. Yeah, they mentioned the houses that were closest to each watch earlier in the season. I don't remember Carstarks, maybe I don't remember yeah. who it was. Um, yeah, it was the but, Carstarks and the Umbers, the last hearth. But do you think Tormund and Beric Dondarrion made it? I do. I do. I, I think do they're gonna. Too. I think they're gonna end up doing some kind of Paul Revere thing uh, down to Winterfell, and maybe uh, <laughs> some of the other northern houses. Maybe start to get p- people to flee. The White Walkers uh, I mean, are coming. The White Walkers are coming. It, it's interesting because it, it sounds like everybody is making their way to Winterfell. So starting season yeah. eight, we're gonna have John, Daenerys, Jamie, and the whole gang in Winterfell. Oh my gosh, uh, Jamie and Tormund and Brienne. Yeah, I mean, it's all going to start coming together. And that, you know, and then Cersei's got this plan with the Golden Company that's going to come over and try to pick everybody off once they're done. And, uh, you know, apparently she's going to try to bring the elephants, too. Uh, So who knows what the hell we are in for in season eight, because that sounds crazy awesome. Yeah, it does. It's I this season has been so incredibly intense and. I'm excited to talk about just this episode, but I'm really excited to do a full breakdown of the entire, just a recap of the entire season, because this season has been so 
just jam-packed with so much stuff. And then leaving us from this episode knowing what is being set up for the next season, I have a feeling the next season is going to be just as manic and crazy. It sounds like it. I mean, it sounds like it. You know, and one of the big predictions that I think you and I both had at some point was that this would be the end of Cersei. Yeah. And it's not. Cersei's no. still around. She is. And uh, yeah. I'm actually kind of glad about that because I just like having Lena Headey involved in this show so much that I, I think it's just great having her around. I think it'll be great to hate her for another season. Um, so, I mean, I was very glad. The other, the other prediction that we both made was that the wall would come down. We had the foreshadowing of it all season long. Yeah. Um, and so that that seemed like it had to happen in order for uh, the de- the army of the dead to pass. But now with the fucking ice dragon, uh, I mean, they're going to be very formidable. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be really intense, and I think it's going to come down to a very emotional and difficult thing that Danny's going to have to do. She's potentially going to have to kill her uh, zombie turned ice dragon yeah yeah and i think uh one of the other things that the show very subtly did in this episode without people really knowing about it on the first blush is that they have very quietly united everybody that has valerian steel all at winterfell oh that's true jamie heading north sam is there yeah you know we got brienne there John is going to be back there. So everybody with Valerian Steel, Arya Cat's as well, dagger. is yep. going to be there as well. Um, you also have to think, too, that with Gendry, they'll be able to kind of help, um, you know, forge some new weapons and kind of do some of that stuff. I'm very interested uh, to see where this goes in season eight, because they've got all the pieces in the right place to have some really even more interesting mashups of characters like they did this season. Oh, definitely. Like I said, um, I'm really looking forward to already uh, Jamie, Tormund, and Brienne. Absolutely. And I still, still want to see Arya, Brienne, and Lyanna Mormont. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. I think that'd be great. And I think, I think overall, this season finale for me was, uh, I thought this was great. I love this. I mean, this is, I think, what a lot of Game of Thrones fans really love. Um, where last week was pure fantasy, this got back to the kind of um, politicking and backstabbing and, you know, double crossing and some of the other uh, more political aspects of it. And that's the brilliant thing about this show is the ability to weave in and out of political intrigue to pure epic fantasy. And uh, I think this episode really brought the best of both worlds together. I agree. I found this uh, finale incredibly satisfying. I'm definitely looking forward to watching it a few more times and then recording yeah. our full breakdown, which people will be able to hear on our regular podcast feed, Nerd Flicks and Chill. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. Or, as Carrie mentioned earlier, you can go to our website, nerdflixandchill.com. Uh, And if you are listening on iTunes to our show, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We hope you guys have enjoyed our uh, inaugural season of Game of Thrones First Take exclusively on LRM. Until next time, everybody, may the Force be with you because the night is dark and full of terrors.